0: I just I was thinking over the weekend um, how how could a ministry like this one come about in it Arkansas of all places one that we're seeing that's expanding into other cities where we see God move every single service there's people in mega churches that are, would be jealous to be a part of what God is doing here and I don't know. I don't know of another person that could do it the way that our pastor does it. I certainly know that there's not another person that I would that I would ev- that I would want to serve under that I would be as happy and as honored to serve under as our as our apostle. I give God praise. I give God praise for the heritage and the lineage over this church, for the vision, the mantle, the mantle that she's never put down. She's been faithful to ever since she's been here. I just thank God. I thank God. Um, I, I want to share with y'all what I, what God's do, showing me about um, where this, where our church is going um, The vision that God's put in me, um, not a different vision, but what God showed me was Pastor Pinson birthed the vision that's still changing across it in Ashley County. And and Pastor Angie has built on top of that. And and I pray that as if Jesus tarries that I that I'm can build on it half as worthily as Pastor Angie has built on this foundation. Certainly would not be where it was today if it wasn't for her. And so it's not a different vision. Um, prayerfully, it's a vision that can build and we can and can grow. Um, I've I've never been somebody who is satisfied with just things as they are. It's never been a part of my makeup. There are a lot of people, even in business, in my personal life, in school, um, I've never been somebody who's just satisfied. I'm always gonna tinker with something, try to figure out how it can be better. Um, it's just not in my makeup to be. There are people who are wonderful executors. Um, who can take something and they can do it flawlessly. They'll never ask a question. They'll do everything exactly the way they were told to do. And God has to give me a breakthrough whenever I have to operate like that because that's not me. I I see it and I say, oh, well, how can I I, I do something with it? It's got me in trouble at work. I think I've lost a job over it before Um, because I'm that person. I'm that person who ends up in a meeting and says, you know, I see this problem over here. And at first they're real happy to hear about it but after you've been there for 3 years and and you've and you keep on saying we can do better we can do better i know that we can do better look there's this one little thing if we just change this one little thing over here it'll be this much better and eventually they get tired of hearing that i pray that none of us ever get tired of hearing that <laughs> because um what i see is that that's that's a it's a gift that god put in me and i can you know it can be irritating, but hopefully God will just smother that with the anointing and it won't be irritating. When I was in school, um, I, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. I I wanted to do something for Jesus. I wasn't wasn't satisfied with witnessing. I tried that and I thought, well, we're going to start a little Bible club where we can learn about Jesus. And that didn't you know, 50 people came, but when they came the first time, um, it's probably more like 40. Uh, came the first time, we filled up a whole classroom. And they came, and, and I got them in there, and I'm ready for us to have our little Bible study. But you know, it's not in me to just do a little Bible study. I have to make them pray, I want to get them filled with the Holy Ghost. They're, they're all Baptist. And then I bring out anointing oil and I say, we're going to go all through the halls and anoint. And they look at me like I'm from another planet. And the next week, five people came. But those five people stayed with me during that whole year and prayed over that campus and brought change in that high school. Um, You know, I, I, I think I've had a label at churches before, but I got labeled with pastor Pinson at that church. So it's a fine label to have. It's the, it's just somebody who I'm just going to push. The pastor didn't want to push. And so there's some conflict there. (laughs) Um, and so that's just what's in me. It's what's in me to always say, how much better can it be? How much further can we go? And so whenever I'm, I'm doing anything, I think that's something that, we, that I feel like I have to tell you in advance, is that I'm always going to be somebody who says, how much further can we go? This was wonderful. Look at all that God has done. I bet we can do it more. I bet we can go further. I bet we can have more of it. Amen? I bet we can have more. Um, what I've begun to see about my generation is that uh, we live in a post-Christian world, in the world. There was a time when the majority of the United States were Christian, and uh, and that is not the case anymore. Um, less than right at 40% or so of the United States citizens identify as Christian as their religion. Um, I understand that 10% or less actually go to church. So it's regularly. I think probably more attend church sometimes. So there's... Um, we live in a nation that can no longer identify itself as a predominantly, the, and that means that the morals of our nation, the, the accepted standards of our nation has changed. My generation does not want God. And I'm going to rephrase that, though. My generation wants God. My generation does not see anything that they want in the way that God has been presented to them until now. My generation, I think, desperately wants God perhaps more than any other generation because as we come up to the end times, we feel it. All of us feel that unrest in us. Every person in in the world, I believe, feels that unrest in us where I, I, I have to cry out to God. I have to have more. And when they come to a church and all they get is a list of rules of things that everybody in the world says is okay, and now are now offended about, for some reason, if we say it's wrong, then um, I, I don't want to be offensive, so I'm going to go out in the world. They don't see anything that they want, but what I believe that God is calling us to be, and I'm, I'm going to share some about what God has spoken to me directly about this church and about, um, and about our city and where we're going, is a voice to that generation, someone who can stand up to that generation and I I was at Sister Sativa's Friday night and and I saw I saw that generation um and I think I'm a, a technically uh, generation x apparently ended in 1979 and generation y millennials didn't start till 82 and so I'm nobody I'm in the middle um, of that generation so I can I can talk about two different generations and not include myself um so uh I believe that this generation is going to see something in us, and that's my prayer, and that's where, I, that's where I'm going. That's the direction I'm going is that this generation sees something in what God is doing in this church that, that they don't see religion. They don't just see the things that they've been turned to, off to in traditional Christianity, that they see a place where they can touch something supernatural. And that that's all that matters to them because that's what they're after. And so what I'm seeing, what God's been showing me is um, if people aren't buying what you're selling, it, not, it isn't necessarily always because you're selling it wrong. It's, I mean, it isn't always because your product is bad, right? It's sometimes because you're selling it wrong. Um, our product is fantastic, um, and if people don't want what we're giving them, it's not, there's not a problem with Jesus, right? Jesus is the same today, yesterday, even forever. And he's always the answer to every question. So the problem may be in how the, they're perceiving the church. It definitely isn't how they're perceiving the church. And so what I've, what I've been seeing is, and this is what God put in me for freedom ministries. A calling and anointing for every single person, and a called and anointed person in every single position. Yeah. I'm going to say that again: a, call, a calling and an anointing for every single person that's sitting here listening to me. You have a place, you have a position, you have a calling, you have a purpose for being here, and it's not to fill a pew. It's not just to 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 get something and and that be it. God, not necessarily just me although I do, but God has a need for you in this time in in this body, in this city and in this county God has God has a need for you and there is an anointing and there's a calling for you and in every position we see lots of we see needs as we look around there's all because as we grow we run into, stopping points where we visit, we need more people doing things to accommodate the growth. It's a wonderful problem to have. But in each position, what I'm praying for and what I'm calling for is that there's not just somebody who gets asked to do something. I feel like those days are are coming to an end where we all kind of sit around and we wait on somebody to ask me to to do something. And I kind of do it as a favor and kind of because I want to be used. But I believe that God is going to put a calling and an anointing on every person. And in every needed position, there's going to be a called and anointed person. Sister Cindy said uh, about the book of Acts in Sunday school this morning that you had to be filled with the Holy Ghost to even serve tables. You didn't. And if you look, it was prophets who were serving the tables? They would. They had the spirit of prophecy on them as they were serving tables. So there's not a there's not a little thing. There's a calling and an anointing. There's a place for every person in the sound of my that's hearing the sound of my voice right now. There's a place in the body of Christ that you are desperately needed as this harvest in Ashley County comes in. I believe that Jesus is coming back very soon, and you know, I believe I don't think that any of you can ever say that you heard me say that before one month ago. I, because I, I mean, I knew it in my head, but I didn't know it in my spirit. But I believe, I know that Jesus is coming back very soon, and so the the need is desperate. The need is desperate. Joel chapter two verse twenty eight. It says, "And it shall come to pass afterwards in the end times that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy." And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And it shall come to pass, this is verse 32, I'm skipping down, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, and in the remnant... Whom the Lord shall call. Now there's several people groups that God addresses here, and luckily for us, it's every single people group that we could identify as. There's old people, there's young people, there's men and women. Amen. And so, as I'm saying, I'm folk. What I believe is that God's making us a voice to this generation. I don't want anyone of the previous generation to think that there's not a place. There's not an even more desperate need. I think for your for your calling and your anointing and your place in this body. Here's what he said. I'm going to pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and then your young men will see visions. And I began to pray over that, and here's what God showed me. Um, It that it's been up until now that the older generation has been the carrier of the vision. Um, And the younger generation has been relatively burden-free. If we wanted a breakthrough here on Sunday, we see predominantly, usually, the older generation here, and they're carrying... The vision, the burden of the vision alone. And the younger people, our generation, we show up and we play we play music and we can enjoy the wonderful presence of God. And we kind of go on with our life. And I, and he, this is the word that God's given me for, for our generation, for both generations and so for our church right now. And that is that... If you look at what he's saying, it's that in the end times, the, the traditional order of things is going to flip. Where the older generation is, is being the ones responsible and the younger ones are dreaming dreams. They're the dreamers. And they just kind of do whatever they want to do and they're dreaming dreams all the time and they have wonderful dreams. They don't do anything. And it's the older generation doing the work. But God said, and this is what's going to happen in the end times, though and that is that the younger ones, our generation, are the ones who are going to pick up the vision and carry it. He says that we're going to see vision, and we're going to carry that vision. Now, I looked up the original word because I didn't want, I didn't want to get up and say something where, because he's, he's clearly saying they're going to see visions, and I said, okay, I, I really want to understand because I know what you're telling me, but when I read it, it sounds like it's something a little bit different. I don't want, I, I'm happy to get up and, and say whatever you want me to say, God, but I just I want to know. And so I went back and looked at the Hebrew, and it actually says here that the young people as, will see visions, but it, what it says that they will do is they will be the one to carry the communication from God. Okay, so we have a vision, a communication, a mandate from God over this ministry, a mantle over this ministry. And it's now time for the younger generation to rise up and pick up that burden of the vision, pick up that burden to pray and have a breakthrough. Pick up that burden of carrying the vision that our parents have carried, that the older generation has carried all this time that's brought us to where we are. Not because the older generation, because they've done fantastic, and here's where they're going, because it's promotion. 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 So what happens to the older people, the Bible says, that they're going to begin to dream dreams. Amen? Not just, I'm going to have a dream and I'm going to hear from God, but it's it takes a dream to launch two new campuses and looking at a third, it takes a dream. It takes someone who can have a dream and go after it. Amen. And so the older generation, as y'all, as you were set free from being the one who carries the burden of making sure that when people come here, they can be set free and delivered that dr- the dreams are going to begin to come forth. And that's where I believe we're going to begin to see massive expansion and explosion in this ministry. That when what I want to proclaim is that whatever you can dream, there will be a generation of people who come along behind you to pick up that vision and carry the burden of the vision. In the name of Jesus, whatever you can dream, whatever you can dream, I am going to stand in front of... For my generation and say, whatever, whatever our pastor and our apostle can dream, whatever our elders can dream, we're going to pick up that vision and carry it in the name of Jesus. And here's what he says is going to happen when, when this order shifts, when God, when we move from the traditional order into the end time order, here's what he says is going to happen. And it's going to come to pass in this time that who ever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. Because in Mount Zion in God's holy place, there's going to be deliverance. And where else is there going to be deliverance? It's going to be in the remnant who the Lord shall call. And so in this remnant, my generation is mostly lost. But there's a remnant in my generation that also is not just satisfied with going out in the world because the church doesn't have anything for them. there's There's a remnant in my generation that isn't satisfied with just church as usual and coming in and having a blessing and it's wonderful praise and worship and going home and living a life for myself. There's a remnant in my generation that is willing to pick up the vision that has been laid already, the foundation that's already been laid, and pick up that vision and carry the burden of the vision that we have become a part of and that we're submitted to. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this remnant of of this last generation and i believe it's the last generation the remnant of this last generation coming forth to pick up this vision and here's and god showed me that the older generation now i know josh said it earlier that sometimes transition can make you feel a little uncomfortable and so i know that many of the older generation who are in places and positions It's uncomfortable. You know what? You know what? Can I just be honest? Sometimes it feels like somebody else come and take your place. I like my place. But if we look in the natural and if you are the person doing the work and then one day you come into work and it's changed and you're now the person training workers and dreaming dreams is that a demotion or is that a promotion? It's a promotion. Yes. So there's no there's no insecurity in moving on in God because there's God has more things for you. If God's raising up someone to take on work that you've been doing is so that you can move on in God. And do you know that my generation needs training? We need training. We need, we'll need help. We'll need somebody to take, so, some people are going to rise up, Sister Ellen, and say, we're going to carry this vision in that ministry of hospitality and in, make it in the food and in the kitchen and all that. And, but that doesn't mean that we don't need Sister Ellen. It means we need her more. Because if you've ever managed someone, and I was praying this yesterday, and, and, and I just saw it, if you've ever managed someone, and, and so I'm going to, you have to forgive my generation before they even start. Have you ever managed them? Because I have. And then, and decided, you know what? It's just easier for me to do it myself. Um, <laughs> I've said it with people I actually employ and pay money to, I've said it. <laughs> and, and I know it's, if you don't pay them money, it's even worse. Um, you just say, I'd rather handle it myself because, but... I th- that's the charge I think for those of you growing, moving up and promoting into training, is it will be easier to do it yourself. But God's move, but, but you can't move to your new place. You can't move to your new place, staying at that level, because God's calling you to train the next generation, not so that you can be done, but so because you have greater things to move on to. You have you can become dreamers of dreams in the name of Jesus so you know what I saw in the bible was on this was who was Timothy without Paul who he was nobody without Paul And we have two books of the Bible where Paul is writing to Timothy and training him in how to be. Because Paul couldn't live forever. And Paul had other places to go. He had two-thirds of the New Testament to write. He had things to do. He was busy. And so he had to train Timothy. If he didn't train up Timothy, though, I wonder if he could have done all of the stuff he did. Probably not. And, you know, there's no evidence... Of anyone. I don't, when I looked in the Bible and I've been reading through the book of Acts again, um, Sister Barbara has, Elder Barbara has had um, has an amazing uh, cell group teaching that's, that's coming forth on the book of Acts. And I, so I've been rereading the book of Acts. And I didn't see one time where the people in the book of Acts just went to church and sat there. I didn't even see that as a purpose. I didn't see ministers being called for people in the books of Acts to come to church and sit there. I also didn't see people in the book of Acts coming to church and sitting there. And when they went out to minister, all they really did was invite people to church. They went out into the streets and they healed people. They went out into the streets and worked the works of God. And they carried... The vision of Jesus. The apostles picked up the vision. They carried it. And as they trained up Barnabas and uh, Apollos and Timothy and Stephen, Philip, all of these people, as they raised up those people, they imparted their mantle. They imparted their authority. They imparted all their wisdom and knowledge into them to raise them up. To do the same works that they were doing. And I believe that that's where God's moving us. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm excited because I know that, I know that y'all are ready. Um, I saw that at Youth Wednesday night. I know our teenagers are ready, actually. Our teenagers are ready. At Youth Wednesday night, we we're having a little trouble. And, and, I, and there was a teenager standing right next to me. And I grabbed his hand and I said, pray. We need a breakthrough pray. And you know the breakthrough came in just like that? Our teenagers are full of the Holy Ghost. And they are ready. And I know our young adults are ready. One thing that we won't come off of is the teachings that we've, and and that's that's my vision is that these teachings are imparted into this next generation, that they can rise up and teach them too. 100% victory, 100% of the time not coming off of that. We're not coming off of holiness. You don't hear people talk about holiness anymore. We don't talk about holiness. And and so I sat here one Sunday and heard Elder Robert talking about having time to do things for God. And and I said, "I don't have any time." That, that was what I always said. I said, "I don't have any time. I have no time." Z- none. Zip and uh, and he read off all the, he said, you know, I realized um, I do have time to to sit at the house and do this, and I have time to sit at the house and do this, I have time to do this that I want to do over here, so I can't say I don't have time, and as he was listed off like five or six things, I was sitting there thinking, I don't have time for that, I don't have time for that either, I, I don't have time for that, I, do, I legitimately don't have time for that, I, and I walked away, and I kind of said to God flippantly, I said, God, if you if you want to show me where I have time to do more things, you're going to have to show me because I, I listen to what he said and I don't have time. But what I began to see is time is a seed. And so this is what I want to say because as a parent of young children, Um, And I know many people in my generation are parents of young children. It can be very easy to just get caught up in parenting young children and all the school and all the activities and all the stuff that goes on. And you never, you hadn't slept in two years. You're tired. When you have time, you're tired. But just like we sow seed when we give and we expect multiplication from that, that if we begin to sow seed, of time in prayer, time picking up the vision and carrying it, time picking up that burden and saying, okay, I can't devote all day Saturday to prayer because I have kids and I have other things to do and I have all this other stuff going on. and But if we pick up that vision and just devote time, not all day, at first, but we plant a seed of I'm gonna go after my calling. That is, in this time, to pick up this vision and to carry it. It's my calling, my generation's calling, to pick up this time, pick up this vision, and carry it. God multiplies your time. He mul- and, and I actually I heard I heard a preacher say this years ago, and I and I listened to it, and I said that sounds right. But I just don't know. And I ignored it. I actively, I meant to ignore it, you know, because I, I, I just couldn't see it. But, but having lived it now, God multiplies your time. You can say, I'm, I'm doing all this other stuff. And, yes, God wants you to spend time with your children. He doesn't want to take time away from your family. But somehow, supernaturally, just like when we plant a seed in the offering, somehow, supernaturally, when we plant a seed of time into into the kingdom of God, into the vision of God, into the ministry of God, when we pick up and we say, I'm just going to go and pray. I'm going to take time, and I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing. I'm going to just put, I may have 15 minutes a day. I may have two hours a day. I I have a little time. If I just plant that seed, then God's going to begin to multiply that seed that you plant and you will begin to see where I ha- I don't just have 15 minutes actually I can spend all afternoon in prayer I can you know what actually I can spend as long as I need to maybe it's all afternoon maybe it's all day maybe it's an hour and a half maybe it's 30 minutes but I can what I see is that I can spend all the time that I need to in prayer now some of us with children cuz I talked to y'all and I probably said I don't have any time to y'all. Liz told me just a couple days ago, she said, y'all are the busiest parents that I know. I said, yes, yes, we are, as a matter of fact. We are the busiest parents that I know, too. And um, But I have time. I used, to, I used to not have time. And I can't explain to you, I didn't rearrange my schedule. I didn't do anything in the natural. All I did was plant a seed of time, and time came back to me where I could invest more time. I tried all those calendars. God help me. I downloaded every, I bet I have 30 calendar apps on my phone. To-do apps, I download them all. I've tried all of them. They don't work. Well, I mean, they didn't get anything done at the end of the day. They're all still unchecked. Nothing worked. I, tr- I tried to be organized. God help me, I tried to be organized. It did not work. But what worked was planting a seed of time. Because now I have time, I have more time with my kids. I have better time with my kids. I have better time. I don't know about the volume of time, but I have better time with my kids. I have more time for doing the stuff around the house that needs to be done. I have more time. Amen? Amen. <sighs> Um, We'll have one last thing in closing. Um, What I began to see is I was so frustrated living in that way because I can try to find meaning in being a parent, and I can try to find meaning in the little things that I can do around the church, and I can try to find meaning in that. But ultimately, our life is meaningless if we're not doing something For God. And that's incredibly frustrating. Now we can try to trick ourselves into finding meaning everywhere. You know what we do though? We we collect things. We find things that feel like give us some reason to want to wake up tomorrow and have something to do. We find hobby, we, we find things to do. We put all of our time and all of our emotions and all of everything in us into our children probably make them spoiled brats in the process, but it gives us a purpose, we feel like. And I think one of the reasons why, for our generation, it's more frustrating, our generation in this church, it's more frustrating is because we sit at the edge of meaning every single service. We sit right at the edge of a life that's full of purpose and value and meaning, and we play at the edge of it. And we go home and we try to find that. We say, well, I'm busy. I have my kids. I'm busy. I, what am I going to do with my, with my baby when I need to come up and pray? What am I going to do? I don't know. Bring them with you. I brought my kids with me last week. They were fine. They, were, they had a wonderful time. Um, th- we sit right at the edge of it. And I, I know, I know, and I'm saying from experience, I know how frustrating that is to sit right at the edge of something meaningful and not dive into it. We go out, you know. We spend money on having nice meals. We we spend money with our spouse. We we do things to try to fill up our life instead of just jumping into the life of meaning that's right here. And what it's done is it, it's allowed that burden to be on the older generation longer than what God had called for it to be. Um, some people go out and get drunk and do drugs. I mean, that, when they look for a life of, because there's, there's no meaning outside of it. Solomon said, vanity, vanity, Ecclesiastes, all is vanity in the world. All is meaningless. Um, our, and it reminded me of, we took Zeke to, uh, you know, we take him to parks and amusement parks and water parks and stuff with the kids. And he looks up at his older sisters doing all of these amazing things. And he's in the kiddie pool. Now, the kiddie pool is fantastic. It's an amazing kiddie pool. And there's, it's so much I look at it and want to play on it. It's a fun kiddie pool, but it doesn't matter to him because what he sees are his sisters going up and doing all of these big things. All the other people going up and doing all of the big stuff. And he says, well, why can't I do that? We went past the ballpark the other day, and he wanted to play baseball. He's too little to play baseball. Why can't I do that? Am I? O-? And he said, am I old enough now? Am I old enough? And he waited 30 seconds, am I old enough now? Um he, want, he, want, he wanted it. And if he didn't have older siblings, if he wasn't around the older kids, he'd be happy in the kiddie pool because that's the kiddie pool It's where he's supposed to be. But when he sits at the edge and watches the other people go on, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And so for our generation, part of that frustration isn't because we don't have time. Part of that frustration is because we, we've been content to sit back on the edge here and watch our parents and watch and watch other people go on and do all the big rides with God, go on and do all the big things with God. And we just can kind of sit and, you know, well, maybe I can you know do this or maybe I can do that. Um, if somebody asks me to play, I can come, but that's, you know, don't ask me to come to, like, too many practices. We're busy. We fill our life up with other things, but it's frustrating, and that's why we're frustrated. Because we're on the edge. And I believe that God is moving us from being on the edge, young adults, youth, young people, from being on the edge and into being all in. And do you know that Life isn't frustrating anymore when you're all in because it's full of meaning and purpose.